Baker. I, I am excited about being alive. Isn't it wonderful about being alive? Amen. Woo, I'm, I, 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 we have enjoyed ourselves. We had a, we did the Branson thing and it was very, very encouraging, very edifying. The Christian entertainment, um, a company that sponsors Silver Dollar City and Whitewater and the riverboat. We went on this riverboat dinner kind of thing. And at the end of it, they glorified Jesus. They, I mean, they, it was really patriotic. And, you know, I was, I was like, can they do that? <laughs> How many of you know that when you own it, you can control it? Come on, somebody. You can control it. So that company did, but we're just glad to be home. And I want to thank all of you for your prayers while we were gone. It was a, a time of of resting. We did have one day where we were able to just uh, spend some time together without any agenda, without any meetings, without any appointments. I know some of you see personality people would uh, probably not be able to handle that day real well, but... Um, we were able to get through it. Let's, 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 uh, first of all, let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Can we give him some praise? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. God, I thank you for the fathers. I thank you that every child that came up to be able to glorify you and to be able to kick those things out and break the bondages, Lord, that's even passed down from generation to generation. God, I thank you that we are a generation of people that are seeking after your heart. God, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, God, that has not connected to you spiritually to say you are my Father, let today be the day. And I, God, I just ask you to use my mind. I ask you to use my voice, my vocal cords. I thank you what you've already done. I thank you what you've already done. We just build on that foundation now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I want to talk a little bit today about the role of a father. Not many places do you get the opportunity to be able to talk to somebody and, and be able to have the opportunity to gather together and talk about the role of the father. But today I want to talk about that role. Society itself has changed that role. Society itself on television and movies has portrayed that role to be something than what, other than what God has designed it to be. The role of a dad, the role of a father is actually God ordained. Say God ordained. See, and, and we need to know that just changing diapers doesn't make you a dad. Just exercising discipline doesn't make you a dad. Just being able to biologically have a child doesn't make you a father. It may make you a biological father, but there's more than that. Having respect, controlling the children, things to those natures, when you do those things, that just doesn't make you a dad. You know, there are others that can speak into people's lives and they may not be a father, but God has called us to have a father role. Putting food on the table just doesn't make you a father. Just being able to go to work and provide for your family, that doesn't stop or define your role as a father. Those are all good things, and dads need to do those things. But we're more than just that. Fathers are more than just a mechanic. Fathers are more than just a handyman or a coach. Or fathers are more than a chauffeur or a cook. 
fathers are more than just a dishwasher, a gardener, or an electrician. Fathers are more than those things. Fathers are those things, but we're more than those things. So I began to meditate on this, and I began to start thinking about the role of a father. And I could go through the Bible and tell you about Moses and the issues that he had as a father and the the areas that are there. And I began to start meditating on how television portrays fathers. There are some fathers, Homer Simpson, that is portrayed as an idiot, stupidic father. He was stupid. He doesn't have any brains, doesn't have any sense. He doesn't know when to get out of the rain. Come on, somebody. And there are kids watching these things, and they're developing what they think a father should be through that. Now, there's another program. I don't watch MTV. Don't really particularly care about MTV, but the kids watch MTV. And there is a ex-drug addict, stupid dad on there, named Ozzy Osbourne. And people look to that and think Ozzy's the dad. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you, that's not the role of the father. So when we look at those things, we see some, you know, deadbeat, brain-dead hippie. That's not what our kids should model fathers after. Are you with me? Can I get an amen? But our example should be that of God. Our example should be that of what the Word of God tells us that fathers are supposed to be. So I know this is Father's Day, and guys, it's your day, and we love you and we bless you for being that dad. But I want to talk in general about God our Father. Let's take a look at some scriptures, can we? I want to talk a little bit uh, about God our Father, and, and I, I want to talk about the Father. When you look up the, the word Father, you may see it may say male parent. In a lot of areas, in every dictionary I looked up, I looked at dictionary online, and, and it had God. It's been frequently used as God the Father in the Bible. We know that God the Father is the third person of the Trinity. The Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know He's the first person in the Trinity when we look at God the Father. We also know and we also understand that Moses identified the Israelites as God being the Father of the Israelites. And if you understand who we are in Christ, then we have a Heavenly Father. How many of you know you have a Heavenly Father? Let me see your hands. Put them up high. I'm kind of taking a survey. Okay. We know you can put your hands down. That's great. We know we have a Heavenly Father. Say Heavenly Father. We know we have a Heavenly Father. And and, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to take a look at the view of that Heavenly Father that we have here today. God is a Father who gives us benefits. Do you realize that? Oxygen we have to have to be able to live. If you weren't breathing today, you weren't, wouldn't be breathing. Come on. So God gives us many benefits. And I thought about Psalms 116.12 that says, What shall I render to the Lord for all of His benefits towards me? 
Now, each and every one of us can get so focused on our problems. We can get so focused on the difficult things uh, uh, that we're having to go through, walk through as individuals, as human beings. But I think the psalmist at this time was trying to get us to focus on God and say, you know what? He's the Lord of all our benefits. Every good gift comes from God. Can I get an amen? Every good thing that's happening comes to get from God. And it's like, okay, God, these good things that are coming down the line, I can, have, I can list you 20 good things that are happening to me, but I can also show you one bad thing that's happened to me. And guess what I seem to focus on? I seem to focus on the bad. It's, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Have you ever done that? Can I get a witness today? You ever done that? It seems like there's a lot of good things and a lot of times God says, you know what, I need to change my satellite dish. I got to quit focusing on that one bad thing and begin to start looking at the good things that God has done for us. And I just want to thank God for all the goodness that He's given us in our lives. God has given you a blessing. He's blessed you over and over and over. There are some of y'all that were in car accidents that should have took your life, but it didn't take your life but God. There's been all of us that have been involved in different things that we should have had the consequences from and maybe have not received the full faith of the consequences, but God now saved us, delivered us, and set us free Does anybody want to be a witness here this morning let's give the Lord some praise hallelujah you know I, 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 I just it's hard sometimes because I got to have my wife help me keep focused on the good things I got to I need you guys to help me keep focused on the good things to continue to look at the good and not the bad not that I discount the bad but but I know that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus that's my God. That's my Father. Proverbs chapter 10 says, A wise man makes a father glad. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and, and Luke chapter 11 verse 2. Jesus talks about God our Father. He says, Our Father which art in heaven. He, he, he wasn't just saying it's not just my daddy, but it's your daddy. It's not just my father, but he's your father also. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6 that we have one God and Father over all who is in all, through all, and is over all. Come on. That's, that's our God. That's our Father. So there's no manual that really tells you how to be a dad. Or is there? Because a lot of times, you know, the child comes forth... <laughs> Joel was born and I thought, what do I do with this guy? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even want to touch him. I thought maybe he'd break or something, you know. He was all purple and everything, you know, and when he, you know, never mind. But you understand what I'm talking about. The ladies may not, the guys may. It's like, you know, what, what do I do with this? He, this guy didn't come with instructions. Where's the instruction manual? And, and us guys were looking for an instruction manual with pictures on it. So we could see how to change the diaper, you know what I mean? So we knew what to do when, when he needed to be fed or, or needed to have something to drink or just needed some love. I want to focus on God the Father. I want to focus on the role of the Father. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. In Proverbs chapter 1, don't turn there yet, but just make a note of it. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instructions. And through the book of Proverbs, it talks about 
a father hearing or a son hearing the instructions of a father. Now Solomon was the, one of the writers of, of Proverbs and, and you'll find that he was talking about his father. Solomon's father was David. Solomon's father wasn't perfect. David wasn't perfect, y'all. Our fathers in here were not perfect. But I want to be a dad like, like David who was a man after God's own heart. And what that meant was, when God said that, was that when David found out he was doing something that wasn't pleasing to his God, his father, he turned from that. He changed his mind on the way he thought about it and said, I'm no longer going to do this any longer. We see that happen and we saw that happen with Bathsheba and, and his relationship with her and the things that David continued to try to do. But David was a good father to Solomon. And Solomon wrote it and he said in verse 8, he said, Hear my son, your father's instructions. And I want to stop right there because obviously he was wanting to speak forth as a dad into his own son's lives. And he says, I want you to hear these instructions. And verse 9 says, Indeed, they are a graceful wreath around your head and ornaments around your neck. Now, what does that mean? You read the Bible, it's like a graceful wreath. I don't know as if I've ever seen anybody walking around with a wreath on their head. So when we go back and look at it hermeneutically, and we look back to say, what did it mean to them then? Here's what it meant. When Solomon was talking about that, anybody in authority, anybody with some authority in the community, they were honored by having a crown or a wreath on their head. They were prestigious by having necklaces around your neck. Nowadays, we would call it, or the younger kids would call it, bling. But just by having bling around your neck, all these gold, you know, stuff around your neck, you know, that in, in that day and age, that meant authority. That meant fathership. This day and age, it doesn't mean anything other than, I guess you like the bling. You like all the stuff around your neck, you know, you, you like those things, uh, you know. So when we look at it, when Solomon was talking about that, there was a different connotation than when we read it today. Because when Solomon was talking about that, he was actually saying that, you know what? If you listen to your father's instructions, they are just important to you than having a wreath on your head, a crown on your head with jewels and, 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 and everything that, that shows royalty, that shows strength, that shows power. They are just as important. These instructions that I'm about to give are just as important than having some bling around your neck. By having a gold chain around your neck or something that says you have authority or that you walk in authority. How about when you see a king? The king's got crown on his head and he's usually got, you know, I mean, I don't usually see many bland kings. The kings are really done up with some royal stuff, aren't they? See, and that's the way God is saying when, when he, Solomon was talking to his son, he was saying, look, I want you to listen to these instructions. And it's just as important that you listen to these instructions. Proverbs 
is full of it. And I really, I really want you to look at Proverbs and we're going to turn there. Let's look at chapter four. Let's go to Proverbs chapter four. And I want to look at, well, we're going to read through verses one through five, and then we're going to skip a little bit and go to 10 through 13. Then we're going to go 22 through 27. Is it all right if we get into the word this morning? So I want to start off with what he says, my son, Listen to your father's instructions. This is the instruction manual from our father, right? This is the constitution of the government in which we serve. This is it. We're going to open it and go to it. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's read verses 1 through 5. Is he up there? Verse 4. Or chapter 1. I'm sorry. She's going to try to put your mic on. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. Oh, 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 stop right there a moment. I just want that to sink in. Okay. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother... Then he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. When Solomon was was talking about this, he talks about the instruction. And he said, I want you to listen, listen, listen. I mean, how many times... Do we sometimes talk to our children and most of the time we talk to the back of their head? Especially when they get older and they're, got to go, got to go, dad, dad, got to borrow the keys, got to get some money, got to go here, got to go there, I'm gone. You're talking to the back of their head most of the time instead of saying, whoa, 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 listen, listen. And he begins to give this instruction of a father. We're going to get back to this in just a minute. And then he talks about in verses 6 through, I think it's 6 through 9, he talks about wisdom, say wisdom. Because he tells us to acquire wisdom, and then he talks about that wisdom. And I want to pick it up in verse 10. Hear my son and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. He says, when you walk, your steps will not be impeded. If you run, you will not stumble. How many of us, I want to be able to walk and not not get held back. I want to be able to run and not fall down. Anybody else? Maybe it's just me that, that I want to have. So I look at this and it's important for me to take hold of this instructions. And he says, man, don't let go of it. And then he talks a little bit about, well, I want you to read it on your own. But let's let's just drop down to verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Whoa, 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 whoa. You see that? Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are what? Life. Or another version says health. To those who find them. And health to all of their body. Life to those who find them. And health to just a little of their body. 
all of their body. Life and health. Say that. Life and health. Say it again. Life and health. Do we want to find life? Do we want to have health? We, we spend millions or billions of dollars a year going after things in health, things on diet, things to have a good time. I got to understand the secret of life. I got to have long life. I got to do all these different things. And the Bible tells us a way that we can begin to find those things without having to spend all that money. <laughs> Hello? He says life and health. I want to have life. Uh, the, the Greek word in, 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 is the, the, the Zoe kind of life, the, the, the wonderful God kind of life that God wants. A vibrant life, a life full of passion, a life full of love. I want to have a life full of passion and a life full of love. I don't know about you, but I want to have that. And, and he says that. He says, you know, your life, they're, they're life to you. If, if you find them, if you find them, again, it's back to seek and you will seek and you will knock and the door shall be ask and you shall there's something on our end. We've got to do something on our end. We just can't sit and just expect it to drop in our lap. For they are life to those who find them and health to all of their body. Verse 23. Here's a core belief. Verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Wow. I, I, I would encourage you just to, just to meditate, just to stay in Proverbs 4 and just read that over and over and over and let those things begin to sink into you. Just begin to start looking at those things. And there's so many great things I could pull out and we could, I could preach for hours. But he says, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Many of you have heard, remember me talked about that we have to live a life like a barefooted priest. In other words, I got to take my shoes off and I'll be careful where I walk. We need to live a life as believers with our shoes off. Be careful where you walk, where you go, what you step on, because I'm telling you, you can get cut, you can get hurt, and it will cause death, it will cause sickness, it can cause disease, and we got to be careful how we walk. I'm so, so careful that... That I even had somebody, you know, you're not, I didn't know this at the time, and some of you have heard this before. We first moved here, and I was driving downtown, and I guess I was heading east, and I was wanting to turn left into a parking place. And how many of you know there's angles? Well, I didn't know that it was illegal. So I just go to the bank, and I'm at the light, and I drive straight east, and I look at that parking lot, and I just whip right in there and pull in there, and I get out and lock my door, and I walk into the bank, and there's another pastor there. And I know him. is Tanya's dad, Jack Cornell. Many of you know Pastor Jack. And, and we're talking and stuff, and he's going, Preacher, what are you doing breaking the law? 
I thought he was joking. <laughs> he wasn't joking. You know, we were talking. I'm like, yeah, what are you, what you talking about? I said, man, I, I'm, I'm trying to live in the grace and the glory of God every day. I'm trying to be quick to repent. What, what, do, you, what do you mean I'm breaking the law? He said, when you pulled in, you broke the law. I said, what, parking in a parking place? He said, yeah, it's at an angle and you're not a, allowed to park that way. I was like, oh, Jack, get out of here. He's full of baloney. There is no way. I mean, come on. It's just a parking place. And then, I, and then I got the opportunity to ask an officer. And guess what? He's right. Now I have to go down a block, <laughs> pull into the, you know, the tag center, Woodward Tag Place, back out, come back out and come back down the street to the west just to pull into the parking place. Come on, somebody. Now, it may be all right for you to pull in there, but it's not all right now for me. It might have been <laughs> nine, ten years ago before Pastor Jack pointed it out to me. But, you know, now I'm kind of accountable for those things. Can I get an amen? So we've got to be careful how you walk. I mean, even on just those little things like that, absolutely. We've got to be careful how we walk. I want to give you some keys to becoming a godly father. Do you want some? I want, I, want, I want us to look at and see what it takes according to the word of God to becoming a godly father. Number one. Say number one. Hold on to the Word of God. Hold on to the Word of God. In order for us to become a godly father, we've got to hold on to the Word of God. And I'm taking this out of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Actually, verse 4, 5, and 6. And then he taught me and he said to me, Let your heart hold fast to my words. Let your heart hold fast to my words. I'm telling you, we need to hold on to the Word of God. We've got to hold on to that Word of God. Ephesians 1.17 or 6.17 says the Word of God is what? A sword. It's a sword. Now, if you don't hold on to your sword, if you don't hold on to your sword... I think the other guy with the sword in his hands going to whoop you. Are you with me? Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and piercing even as far as the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Say, hold on to the word. We got to hold on to the word. We want to be, and this is what he's saying, my son, my son, listen to my instructions. Hold on to the word of God. The second thing that I want us to look at is number two would be keep my commandments and live. So number two, I'd have to say would be keep God's commandments. Keep his commandments and live. Some people, you know we, what we've done as a society? We've said, I don't, I don't have to go by the Ten Commandments. I can just go by two commandments, which Jesus did boil down the Ten Commandments that started as ten, ended up with over 2,000 by the time the, Jew, the Jewish law got through with it. Are you with me? Then Jesus boils them back down to two. Do we know the two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
But there's times where we, we do is we take those Ten Commandments and say, well, no, I really don't have to live by those Ten Commandments. I live by the two. But can I be honest with you today? We really don't even live by the two. We don't live by the two. Because we hate our neighbor and we take them to court and we sue them because their dog pooped in their yard and they put the fence on the wrong side or whatever might be happening going on. And he's not talking about just your neighbor in your neighborhood who you live next to. Come on, somebody. Maybe we need to review the Ten Commandments again. I think we need, we need to, they need to be part of our life. Thou shalt not steal. How often do we... Never mind. Uh, y'all think I'll be going into meddling. When you work for an employer, give him everything you got. Don't try to steal his time. It's stealing. You may not take pencils and pens and papers and all that other stuff, but you might be taking his time that he's paying you for. So we, we need to keep his commandments. And when he keeps his commandments, according to this verse, it says, and live. <laughs> So what's the opposite of that? <laughs> don't keep the commandments and and don't live. I, I choose life. I want to choose life. I want to choose life, baby. I want to choose life. In the midst of my situation and circumstances, and I could probably not keep the Ten Commandments, I'm going to keep the commandments, the Ten and the Two and the other principles and the precepts, and I'm going to live. Somebody say live. I'm going to live. I want to live. I, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. I don't, I'm, I'm going to, well, pastor, you know, I'm born again. I'm going to live anyway. I'm not going to die. You know, you're going to die physically. You're going to live forever in eternity with Christ. But I want you to know, I want to live here. I want to have a full life here. Anybody want to have a full life here? Say amen. I mean, I want to live, and, and, and if we're going to become godly dads, if we're going to become godly fathers, if we're going to become godly parents, and this is not just for the dads today, he says, you know what? He said, keep the commandments and live. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 15. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I, I, I look at that and I'm reminded by the Spirit of God continually about loving and loving Christ. Man, what an awesome time of worship this morning to just love on God today. What an awesome time to, of worship this morning. Let's give the praise and worship team a hand. And, and we just thank them for that. Bringing us into a place where we can just love on God today in such a special way. So that's number two. As I'm looking at this scripture, I, I think I can see number three. Verse five says, acquire wisdom. Say acquire wisdom. I think the King James Version says get. Get wisdom. And not only get wisdom, but it also says what? And that would be number, number four, would be acquire understanding. Acquire understanding. So the first thing we've got to do is hold on to the Word of God. The second thing we need to do is to keep God's commandments. Keep loving in the midst of times where you don't even feel loved. Keep giving in the midst of times where you feel like you've given everything else that you could give. Are you with me? Well, why don't I wait on somebody to give to me? Well, then your motive is wrong. Just keep giving because God loved us so much. That he gave his only begotten son. His greatest, most valuable asset he gave for us.
That was his son. So acquire wisdom. He says acquire understanding. So that's number four. Acquire understanding. Say understanding. Now, you're going to have to look this up, and I'm going to challenge you to do some, some word study on this a little bit. But acquire literally means to get. Acquire literally means to erect. Acquire literally means to create or to procure. Acquire literally means to get a hold of, especially by a purchase. How many of you can take your money today, and after we get done, you can go acquire lunch? You can use your monies, you can acquire it. If you don't use your money, you can go to the refrigerator, get some stuff out, and you can acquire lunch. It literally means to own or attain. Attain. Attain wisdom. Obtain understanding. Attain wisdom. Attain understanding. Wisdom is not just going to drop in your lap, brothers and sisters. You got to go after it. You got to go after it. You got to pray and ask the Lord. You know, you can have general men's wisdom, and God wants us to operate in not only our wisdom, He wants us to operate in His wisdom. Men do have wisdom. I've talked to men that have great wisdom. I've talked to men and, and gleaned from men and men have spoken into my life, mentored into my life that have wisdom. I want to go to somebody that is successful in order in an area that I want to be successful at and I want to get their wisdom. But how many of you know that's natural? Say natural. When we acquire and ask for the God's supernatural wisdom, when we ask God for the wisdom, He puts the super to the natural and it becomes supernatural. I want the supernatural wisdom of God. Say that. I want the supernatural wisdom and understanding of God. I want that. I want that supernatural wisdom and understanding of God. I got excited when I begin to start pulling out some nuggets in the Word of God and see this. So I know that I've got, in order to become a godly father, that I've got to hold on to the Word of God. I know that I've got to keep the commandments of God and live. Let's, let's keep the commandments and enjoy keeping the commandments. Instead of walking around going, oh, I can't do this, can't do that, I can't do, I can't do, can't do, can't do, I can't do. I'm telling you, I got the freedom to do whatever I want to do. Come on, somebody. And I can do it, and I can live it, and I can be happy about it. Come on. And I can do those things. Those things I don't want to do anymore. Those things I used to do, I don't want to do anymore. Sin is only fun for a season. What's when the season's up? <laughs> the season's up. I've, I've dealt with the, what was left after the season was up. And there was a, a harvest of unrighteousness. I want to spend my time sowing seeds of righteousness. I want to spend my time doing things that's going to bring me closer to God. I want to keep the commandments and live. And then I want to acquire wisdom and acquire understanding. Number five. Everybody ready for number five? You probably know what it is. It's in verse 5. He says, Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. That's actually 5 and 6. Don't forget the word. If Jesus is the word 
And the Word made flesh. When we read the Word, we're reading the words of Jesus. When we read the Word and meditate on the Word, we're talking about God. We're talking about Jesus. We allow the Holy Spirit to come forth. So we don't forget the Word. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. You know, and I can even go to prophetically and saying there has been some prophetic words that have been spoken over you as believers that don't forget the Word of God that was spoken over you for a time such as now is this to come to fruition. It is now begun to begin to mature. It is going to begin to come forth. The Word of God, I'm telling you, Isaiah, I think 11, 55, 55, 11 says, My Word will not return to me void. It will do what it's planned and purposed to do because the Word is powerful. The Word is real. It's alive. It is active. And every time, you, right now there's some things being activated. You might be fighting off sleep. You might be fighting off wandering in your minds, thinking about this afternoon and what you're all going to do for Father's Day or what you got chores to do at home or issues that are going on in your life. But there is something being activated here today because we open the Word and we preach the Word. And the Bible says, how can you hear without a preacher? Come on, somebody. Say it's the Word. Don't forget the Word. In other words, don't forget what you've learned. Don't forget what you've been taught. Don't forget those things because it's real easy. I don't know about you, but I can can have an appointment today that I don't write down and tomorrow I go to sleep and I forget about it. Maybe it's just me, but you know, God's working on that. But I don't want to forget the word. And it also says here, "And, and nor turn away from the words of my mouth. And I was meditating on that and I thought, turn away from Turn away from, turn away from the words, turn away from the words, turning away from the words. There are people that we put down here at number, number six or whatever, don't turn away from the word of God. But there were people that intentionally turn away. They do. I know what I should do, but I just don't feel like doing it, so I'm not doing it. You just turned intentionally away from the word of God. But guess what? There's grace. Somebody say grace. Grace. I mean, there's this thing called grace that when we repent, (laughs) the Bible says the sin, the definition of sin is to know the good that you ought to do and not do it. Sin literally means if you look it up in the mark, it doesn't mean adultery, although it is a sin. It doesn't mean theft or stealing, although those are sins. The sin literally means to miss the mark. Like a marksman that is trying to hit the bullseye and they miss the mark. They miss it. Sin literally means to miss the mark. Look it up in the Greek. I challenge you. Look it up. When we miss the mark, and I miss the mark, I miss the mark with a lot of things, and I'm sure with you guys, we miss the mark. But the Bible says, when I confess my sin, God, I wasn't able to be able to help Kelly in the way she needed help. Forgive me, Father. And he says, guess what? My sin, I am cleansed and I'm brought back in right relationship with God. So don't intentionally turn away from God. So let me just read this. I want you to look at those six things. And here's what the Word of God says. It's Proverbs chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. 
This is what the Father says to the Son. Let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. So we were able to take these things out of the Word of God and say, guess what? In order for me to become the godly father that I need to become, I can take these things and begin to apply them to my life. I want to apply them to my life. Do you want to apply them to your life? Say amen. amen. Proverbs forty four eighteen says, Our heart has not turned back or our steps have not deviated from your way. Our heart has not turned back and my steps haven't deviated from your way. I haven't gotten off track. If you've gotten off track, get back on track. If you've gotten off the road, maybe your ox is in the ditch. Get back on the road. Come on, somebody. Maybe you got going too fast and you wrecked that baby or spun out because of a water spot. I'm telling you, get it back on the road. Get it back on the road. Get it back on the road today. Because when you get it back on the road, there are some blessings that are coming your way. And I want to receive those blessings. Amen. I'm preaching good, y'all. Amen and amen. So the role of the Father... The role of the Father. There's a biblical role of the Father. Let me share with you what the Message Bible says. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. This is what the Message Bible says. It says, Dear friend, take my advice. It will add years to your life. I'm writing out clear directions to wisdom way. Drawing a map to righteous road. Wisdom way and righteous road. I don't want you to end up in blind alleys or wasting time making wrong turns. Hold tight. Hold tight to good advice. Don't relax your grip. Hold tight to good advice. Don't relax your grip. Guard it well, for your life is at stake. It's powerful, isn't it? Hold tight. Don't relax your grip. There's been times in our lives where we've had to hold tight on the things of God, even tighter than we have now. And there's been times where I've almost let go and I've wanted to let go. I'm here to tell you, I want to let go. But I want to hold. I want you to hold tight. Say, hold tight. Don't relax your grip. Don't just loosen it up. Just continue to hold tight in the things of God. Let's pray. Father, we just ask that today, God, that the fathers that are here, that we don't have to compare ourselves against one another. All we have to do, Lord God, is to seek Your ways. Is to seek Your Word. God, I pray for every father that's here, Lord God, that they will continue to seek the Word of God in how to be a father. That they will continue to get your advice and it'll add many years to their life. God, I thank you that you are writing out for us these clear directions for us to be able to acquire wisdom and for us to be able to acquire understanding. God, I don't want any fathers here to waste their time going down blind alley.
nations going down areas where you've not ordained for them to go. So God, I thank you that they will hold tight to the Word of God that's been sown today. Spirit of the living God, Word in us. Sow this Word within us. Take this Word and, and just put it within our heart that we will not sin against You. God, I thank You and I pray a blessing over Your fathers here today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Guys, we got one. I got a special thing for you. Got a couple special things. But anyways, we're gonna we're gonna show this little video that we've got for you for Father's Day, and we thank you. And then the kids are gonna come in, and they're gonna give you some blessings. Amen. So just hold tight, Eli. Going down there farther. Going down there a little bit farther. There you go. Good job. Happy Father's Day. These guys are...